another episode of Fly Over the Grass, the podcast where I get to chat to inspiring individuals about their careers in the social impact space. I feel really, really lucky to be in the studio with Gurusul and Charisma Desai today. We've got a pr- pretty unique uh, episode today because both Gul and Charisma work in uh, the UK government, but in actually very different areas. So Gul works as a user researcher, helping to design public services that have citizens at their heart. And Charisma is a policy advisor in the Ministry of Justice. So we're going to be having a chat to them and seeing how their how their jobs kind of differ, how they're the same, and, and most importantly, what is it about these jobs that are and these careers and these roles that are really helping to shape social change um, and solve injustice in society today. Is that a grand enough opening <laughs> for you both? Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks, Thanks. For us. So I'm going to start off by asking you both just to give a really brief intro in to you and what your journey has been up to this point. Should I, who should I start with? Girl, I'm looking at you. All right. You look prepared. Well... I did a course called Yeah Here, and during this course, uh, I was exposed to something called human-centered design. Human-centered design is problem-solving methodology, which uh, places people at the heart of creating solutions. So rather than deciding based on your own assumptions what a good solution to a problem might be, you don't start with even what you think the problem is, you start with speaking to people and understanding more about their lives and their experiences and then understand the problem from their own perspective. And um, when you say problem, it's a, it's a, so- a social problem primarily? Um, or can it be anything? I mean, it can, it can be anything, but mm. in, um, in your here and in my work, it, it has been um, social problems. Mm. So stuff to do with mental health or things to do with accessing your social benefits, like a whole host of problems that humans face every day. Learning about this was really great because I, I did um, my undergraduate in anthropology, which is all about people and understanding people, but it doesn't really do anything with that knowledge. It's like, let's just build up loads of understanding about these people, and then we talk about it loads. I found that quite frustrating, so having you here kind of married those things between trying to understand people really deeply and then actually taking some kind of action to, to make something good in the world. So that led me on to basically working in that field, um, which is how I eventually arrived in my role in in government now as part of the user-centered design team that do do work on trying to implement policies in a human-centered way as opposed to necessarily uh, shaping policy. And I'm actually in a minute after we have Charisma's intro, it would be great to understand a bit about how both your jobs fit into without <laughs> explaining <system>. yeah <laughs> fitting to the system of the government because i mean yeah i know what that we, we could spend it? days even trying to describe the structure of the uk mm. government and we won't do that but just getting a sense of how your perspectives differ yeah but before we do yeah exactly <laughs> charisma over to you yeah so i did year here the same course and um while i was on year here I was working a lot on educational inequality and kind of was thinking of trying to start a business that would 
tackle that problem but actually found a social enterprise already existed that was tackling that problem and seemed to do it a bit better than the way I, I was planning on doing it um so that was future frontiers and yeah I was the first hire so it was me and the founder for um a year and a half mentoring and careers advice for kids from disadvantaged backgrounds so we were recruiting volunteers to go into schools and basically mentor uh, these kids for like an eight-week program um to kind of think about yeah what their skills and interests are what kinds of careers they could imagine for themselves in the future most kids like get a really really I mean I don't know what your careers advice was like but I sat in a room with a woman with a massive book for like half an hour (laughs) and she told me that my options were to be a librarian or I can't really remember anything else it was basically just librarian I think I got told to be a bricklayer once in one of the the courses one of the uh, courses or online yeah yeah one of the online surveys I took so it does go to show doesn't it Um, And I guess the whole point was to try and help these kids, like, imagine what their future might look like, um, but also, like, relate that to what they're doing at school and help them feel like, okay, the reason I'm in this maths lesson (laughs) is Mm. because it links to this and, like, try and improve their attainment and, like, their behaviour and their, like, attitude at school, I guess, as well. Awesome. Um, So, yeah, that was great. Um, But then I decided I wanted to try something different. I wasn't really sure what. Um, I saw this job on Twitter. (laughs) The tweet was actually, want to work in policy in the Ministry of Justice? Here are 30 jobs. (laughs) Wow. Uh, So that's how I got in. Can you remember the thought logic behind that? Well, it was working on youth justice policy, so it was still, like, something I was really interested in and, like, kind of made sense in in a way. I really liked the thought of being able to work in, like, a whole system of issues that, like on a much bigger scale yeah and then so now so the Ministry of Justice yeah employs about 60,000 people there are 4,000 people in my building wow. um, so yeah big change um do you think there's a general feeling working in government that people want to see change in society because it sounds yeah. like that's part of a lot of the motivation why both mm. you joined yeah do you see that reflected around you I mean, I can speak for the uh, user-centered design teams that I've worked in mm. and our whole ethos, the whole ideology behind it is that we need a shift in perspective in how we build public services, basically. And that means doing things from a user perspective, understanding what people are going through and being advocates for their voices, which you think is like really, you know, common sense practice, but the way that we've done things in the past has often had a structure that hasn't really enabled that kind of thinking and that kind of working. I find myself being quite inspired by my colleagues and by their by their energy to like take things further and to mm. push things to higher forums when, when something feels really important and when politically I think now we're at a point where people are either really, really super engaged or really, really super disengaged mm. and that's probably reflected in government as a whole like some some people are really eager to experiment and try new things and redirect the way that we we make public services you're very much seeing this as a a system shift and it's Mm. not necessarily with people doing the right or the wrong thing Mm. it's it's more about changing the way that as a 
as a structure, as a, as a big team, as an organization, we're going about things. Yeah, definitely. So that's so true. Like, I really think that people want to do the right thing and people really want to do the best, the best work that they can do and provide the best like public services that they can. But the way that we've been doing that just hasn't been enabling that in the past. Um, mm. And I think actually people jump on it. Like when you when you introduce these things and people can see the value of them, they jump on it. They're like, oh my gosh, like we want to do more of this. We can see like we've been wanting to engage with people this whole time, but we didn't know how. Mm. Um, and so that's really refreshing. Um, and I think, yeah, the job is more to like embed it in a really mm. solid um, and inclusive way so that you're bringing everyone along on this journey. Um, what does some of that look like? In the past, uh, when uh, a public service is being made or a policy is being implemented, um, someone who's a subject matter expert, for example, on something like homelessness, um, would uh, think about the kind of service that we need to provide to the public and consult with a bunch of other experts. Um, and collaboratively, they would create a long list of like requirements. So like these are the things that we need to have in place and these are the things that we need to procure and do to deliver um, the outcomes that we want. And so they'd write these requirements and then they would um, figure out how they would deliver them and then they would deliver them, right? So it was very much like top-down delivery and if something didn't work then it would have wasted a lot of money um, and it's really difficult to change um, either something would just be dropped or you just kind of carry on and try and fix it and patch up the system as you go along um, but because people weren't really involved in the process from the start you never really know that you're going to meet their needs by building whichever service because as much as an expert opinion is really really valuable um, you have to involve the people who will be affected by the services that you're making. Because ultimately you're making something new. Yeah. So whenever you're doing something new, you're never going to absolutely know how it's going to turn out, I suppose. Definitely. And if Mm. it's affecting someone's life, they're the expert on that, like, as Mm. opposed to you. Um, Yeah. uh, So so the, the shift that's kind of happened now is in certain parts of government. So, like, uh, they've got um, digital data and technology professions um, and other, like, pockets of um, policy labs and uh, design pockets in different parts of government. And what they do is they kind of shift that process a bit. So as opposed to starting with expert knowledge and loads of um, requirements for what we need to build, there's still uh, direction from experts around, like, kind of here's like a a problem area that we want to scope so we will scope a problem area um and then do lots of what we call user research and user engagement which is literally going out speaking to people um and uh trying to understand their perspective in a non-biased way and then using that to shape um how we'll implement uh, whichever policy agenda that we're trying to implement in a way that actually suits them and works for them. So it just kind of shifts it from starting with experts to starting with good users. And a lot of the same ingredients, but in a different order. Yeah, exactly. I think what you said is really true, actually. I feel like ep- everyone I work with is actually really motivated to create social change and like they're doing it because they care about the impact on our society and on people's lives. Maybe I should explain what, what I work in. So I've had two jobs in civil service now. One is a policy developer and one is uh, in a minister's office the way the department works is there are policy teams who are the kind of subject matter experts that you were talking about who will work on a specific area and so I was working in youth justice 
but within that, I worked on a load of different things like criminal records, knife crime, domestic abuse. And those policy people will kind of try and get information on how that system is working, what might need to change in that system, and come up with options for change that could have the impact we want to have. That's kind of just the start of a policymaking process. <laughs> I don't know, the UK government isn't really one thing. It's like lots of different departments and they're all quite separate and often have quite different goals. So, for example, there was often quite a lot of like tension between my department trying to figure out how we like rehabilitate people and how we like, you know, for somebody who's committed a crime, how do we prevent them from doing that? How do we rehabilitate them if they've gone to prison? Um, and Home Office, for example have the part of the system where they need to protect the public and so sometimes it feels like our goals are quite different and trying to negotiate some of that and come up with something that works for everyone or that's like palatable to everyone but still achieves what it mm. needs to achieve is quite hard so civil servants are kind of the experts and would come up with ideas for how to get things done but ministers are the ones who actually decide what they want to happen and how it should happen Mm. by taking advice from civil servants but also they're meant to represent what the public wants and like think about how things are going to look in in the world so then there's kind of a whole other bit to policy making which is how are you going to convince ministers that this is the right approach or how are you going to how are your ministers going to convince the public that this is the right approach so and a lot like, of kind of back and forth and yeah collaboration yeah i think yeah. the biggest like challenge with policy making how do you create a change ever when everyone has a say in that change there are lots of people who don't know very much about it who have very strong opinions about what we should do with people when they go to prison for example there's lots of perceptions that aren't necessarily that true like people tend to think that we are really soft on criminals and like don't send them to prison for as long as we should even though we've actually been sending prison for long people to prison for longer and longer sentences over the last mm. 25 years so there's an interesting tension between what's actually happening and what public perceives yeah exactly but they they also kind of make it their job to try and persuade the public as well what is it that you want to see change either in in the way that policies made or in terms of what's delivered yeah I mean yeah. I think I'm really excited about Stuckel's team and like getting policies more influenced by what people actually experience build policy based on thinking about how it's going to end up sometimes policy can kind of people can be thinking about policy in quite an isolated way to the realities of what's actually going to happen once it's gone through this whole process of everybody feeding in I think it's really interesting that there's a decently sized user-centered design and digital team at Ministry of Justice, and they do events. The work that they're doing, what's interesting is that it's basically publicized in other user-centered design forums. Mm. So, like, everyone that goes is a user researcher or a designer. Yeah. And so, like, the fact that you're interested in it, it exists in your department, but you don't really have access to it is quite interesting. Maybe there needs to be more work done to, like, open up those spaces to really spread that message and get to get other people excited. Yeah, and preaching to the converted at the moment. Totally. Yeah. Mm. I think it's really, like, it really relies on policy people being personally really interested in mm. that approach them to like go and seek it out and try and and try and do it in their own work what were the biggest benefits of working in a startup mm. first or what skills yeah do you think were most important when you found yourself in this huge organization like when you're in a startup you can have a thought and do it and next week you'll have like completely changed how you deliver your service in government that process takes two years mm. <laughs> so 
it g- gave me more energy to try and like do that in a bigger organization. I guess if I hadn't seen it done in a such a small organization, I wouldn't have known that I could do it in a bigger organization. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just give you the confidence to be like, oh, well, yeah. why can't I change this? And maybe I'm gonna try. I think a lot of people might fall into a trap of just doing things the way they always have been done. And actually policy shouldn't be that. It should be people constantly testing new things and trying new things really quickly and like learning from those. So it was really great to have some experience doing that in a more fast paced mm-hmm. place and where like there were no, nothing was set up when I joined. So there were no rules and it was really easy to just kind of like be like, oh, why don't we try this? Why don't we do this? Kind of taking some of that energy to the civil service has been quite helpful, I think. Although it's hard to stay, remi- to like remember that sometimes when mm. you're like. <laughs> yeah, when you're stuck in the system. When you've been yeah. institutionalized. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and cool, because I know that you use research is think that you could do anywhere. You can do in lots of different organizations, even in the private sector if you wanted to, mm. in a startup, in a whether it's small or big. Mm. Uh, and you've chosen to do it in the government. Why? Hmm. Good question. I think there's there's quite a few reasons. I think the obviously the scale of stuff that you work on is like so huge in government. Like you might have a really, really, really tiny part of a thing, but still the impact of trying to shape that in a way that helps people is is really large Uh, so that was like a draw and work on problems that are really entrenched Mm. especially in the department that I work in you know some really contentious issues so I think it was interesting to be like a young idealistic Mm. brown woman (laughs) going to work in like an institution that has on the face of it values that are maybe quite different from mine Um, so that was an interesting like that was a draw as well Mm. how did you find that yeah you know really conflicting feelings some feelings of like yes I this is like what I want to do and like you have to challenge yourself and be in spaces where not everyone has the same views as you to like a try and be uh, try and bring a different perspective and b also challenge yourself to not be in your bubble of other like you know how whatever your political leanings are Mm. um but then another part of me was really scared like what did it mean about me and my own values and uh yeah how much is the place that you work define what you do as opposed to the work that you do Mm. um so yeah those are all questions I had on my mind um and still think about but also another thing that's really wonderful about being able to work in a in a large organization and especially working in the teams or just just in delivering public services is that there is a lot of time to shape things like the nuance and the depth of understanding mm. that you can get by giving something months to like to really try and understand it and you have research going on after the discovery then you build something and you test it in a really small way in an alpha phase and then you keep testing it again in a small way in a beta and then you spread it out more to other subsets of users and test it and then only do you make it live after a really long time of of testing and researching which I haven't really seen anywhere else that I've worked at all that's I guess quite unique about doing this kind of job in civil service yeah and I get that must really suit your anthropology yeah it's really nice (laughs) to be able to yeah go back to that really deep deep understanding of things 
it is more limiting in some yeah. ways as well. You can't be super experimental or pushing the boundaries with the type of engagement that we're doing because there's such a high level of risk and reputational risk mm. is, you know, it's a big thing and it's a huge deterrent from trying things. So it, there is constraints there that you wouldn't find in other places that are happy to experiment and push the boundaries and want to be the ones at the vanguard of like doing new stuff. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's a, it, an institution which arguably has the be- the most ability to dramatically shift outcomes for people, yet is also the most risk averse. And I can see both sides. Trying to think where is it that government should be sitting in terms of really being risky in a way that's... Uh, risk is a difficult word because it makes mm. it sound negative, but them being very bold in how they're going to change things for the better. Definitely. I think that thing about boldness is really nicely encapsulates the feeling. Feeling bold enough to be ideological about the, the kind of work mm. that we're doing. We want to have a being bold in the kind of vision that, like, this is how we want to, like, shape society or shape the way that the country works or that it looks for citizens. But... Of course, the risk factor is huge because it's it's people's lives. Yeah. And if you mess it up, you really mess it up. What uh, advice would you give to people who want to get into the kind of work that you both do? Diverse skill sets are really, really welcome. And doing things in a new way is welcome as well. And sometimes you have to make the space for it. But like, don't be afraid to hold on to your own sense of identity and your own sense of doing things the way that you do them mm. um like that's what brings value to big organizations that have been doing things in a certain way for a long time so like bring your uniqueness and your skills and your experiences don't feel like you have to leave them at the door yeah I'd really agree with that actually I think like I was quite nervous about joining um I kind of felt like I was selling my soul or like I don't know I was just gonna be a cog in a machine and I was really worried about it even though you're in a massive machine you have a lot of power as one person in that to like change how your team is delivering something how other people's teams might be delivering something even though people feel like they have to do things in the way they've always been done each problem is kind of new and Mm. has never been done before and you can actually have a lot of say in like what approach your team takes to it and how you're gonna get more real people's insights into your work we need need to continue pushing for more diversity not only the people who work in the civil service but also diversity in terms of diverse approaches and mm. methods and ways that public services and policies are designed yeah. the amount of people involved in that uh, needs to diversify as well seems yeah. to be the theme yeah for sure mm. go on charisma thank you so much for being on the show i'd also like to thank year here who have partnered with me today to deliver this podcast um year here as we've heard a little bit more about in today's show is a fantastic course and community that supports young individuals to test and build solutions to society's toughest problems check them out at yearhere.org i believe they are recruiting for new fellows to join their mission Um, and finally thank you for listening to the show today don't forget if you did enjoy it please subscribe to fly over the grass wherever you get your podcasts see you next time (laughs) 